Hello, saints and sinners. It's time for the Church Folk Podcast. This is the podcast that examines the spiritual journey that Christians and other people of faith are taking and how religion is working for them or not working for them. Thanks for streaming and downloading this podcast. We look forward to an invigorating conversation. Let's do this. Hello again, saints and sinners. Those of you blessed and highly favored, those of you sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes level to the ground, welcome back. It's good to have you back. I have something that I'm going to start off with that is very controversial. I hope you're sitting down, especially you women in the audience. Women aren't always right. Yeah, I said it. If you're a man and you're next to your woman, just don't say anything, don't look anywhere but straight ahead, don't smile, don't grin, don't do anything. But women are not always right. Of course, women aren't always wrong either. But not according to those who have written the Bible. There are 66 books in the Bible. Some of them are named after women but none of them are written by any women. There are no books, this is a quote, so (laughs) let me uh, qualify this. There are no books of the Bible believed by any reputable scholar to have been written by a woman. This is not an uncommon characteristic of, of ancient Near Eastern literature, but the fact that the Bible was written entirely by men does make it quite a bit of material does make quite a bit of the material in the Bible extraordinary and that's an understatement statement uh, even the book of Esther was written by Mordecai who um, I believe is a, co- a cousin of Esther so 66 books no female offers Authors, And I suppose that if I decided to start a religion today and was going to predicate the foundation of that religion on the inspired word of God and decided that no women could write the foundational scriptures, I might get some feedback on that. Now, I'm sure that um, back in the day, a woman showed up and tried to submit something. I don't know why I'm sure of that. I just don't think that women have ever been submissive in that way for quite that long on something this important. And I'm also sure that if she showed up and submitted her inspired word, uh, one or two things happened. Uh, a man turned her away and said, what are you thinking? Or a man said, let me look at this overnight. And then he stole her works. So in that regard, um, I suspect there has been some attempts to get a woman's perspective in the Bible. We just don't know about it. I would imagine that conversation went something along the lines of, I can carry a life for nine months. I give birth. I raise children. I clean up after the mess you men make, but I can't contribute any inspired word uh, as a famous woman would say, uh, Medea, mm, mm, mm. 
But there are women in the Bible. We know about some of them. Many of them are famous for screwing up. Eve comes to mind immediately. She gets a lot of the blame. Certainly Jezebel was no friend of, uh, of a man. And if you look at her past, uh, she, was, she was not the model woman. Uh, Lot's wife, who, like many women in the Bible, doesn't have a proper name. She's just Lot's wife. Uh, she certainly met uh, a fate uh, deserving of disobedience according to Old Testament ways. But there were other women in the Bible, too. And what I'm going to do now is talk about some of them. And I'm going to also mention a woman that is not in the Bible who I think deserves mention. So I have Abigail here, who I'm going to read a little bit here, was the wife of a wealthy but harsh man named Nabal. Abigail, however, was discerning and humble, as well as beautiful, both physically and spiritually. So even back in that day, there were women with men who we couldn't figure out why they were with them. Uh, what did Abigail do? She acted with wisdom and discernment in order to avoid calamity. She and Nabal lived in a region where David, Israel's future king, was hiding as a fugitive. While David and his men were there, they protected Nabal's flocks of sheep from robbers. But when messengers from David asked Nabal for some food, said, yo, can you kick us down some food? We're hungry. You're hiding out here. Nabal refused to provide it. And David got upset. So he and his men went out to kill Nabal and all of the men in his household. Uh, Abigail does what a lot of women do. She covered the tracks of her man, and she heard that her husband refused food to David, and she gave her servants a supply of food to take to David and his men and begged David for mercy. When David saw that, observed her humility, probably saw she was fine, heard a wise advice, uh, he recognized that God had used her to prevent a, travity, a tragedy. Soon thereafter, Nabal died, and Abigail became David's wife. So David was a player. I mean, we all, I mean, <laughs> Nabal died, right? Uh, I wonder what he died of. But nonetheless, uh, this is not the first time uh, David uh, ended up with um, a fine woman, um, just um, coincidentally. Uh, but Abigail's lesson is, other than the eternal lesson of, of a woman keeping her man in line or, or, you know, completing her man by offering advice or cleaning up after him or preventing things that stupid men do, um, she kept the peace. She was willing to apologize for something that wasn't her fault, and she diffused what looked like was going to be a disastrous situation. So Abigail is a prototypical woman in that regard. Uh, here's one that uh, I found interesting. And the purpose of this discussion or monologue or this particular podcast is to just talk about women we don't hear about. We hear about certain women all the time in the Bible, at least in my experience. Again, my experience is not everyone's experience. 
So in that regard, I do understand there are preachers, and especially since there are more women preachers in the church, we hear more and more about women of the Bible. I do understand that, but of course, that is a a changing um, a, ch a changing characteristic of the church, and it's not changing fast enough as far as I'm concerned. So here's JL. Um, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but who cares? Uh, she was wife of Heber, a non-Israelite, and JL took a fearless stand for God's people. What did she do? She acted decisively when Sisera, chief of the Canaanite army, showed up in her camp. Sisera had lost his battle against Israel and was now looking for refuge and shelter. JL invited him into her tent to hide and rest. I'm going to go to the scriptures right here and read from Judges 4, 17 to 21. But Sisera fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin, the king of Asa, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. Then Jael came out to Miss Sisera and said, Come in, my lord, come in here, don't be afraid. So he went into her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Give me, please, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. You guys, you know, been out there killing people all day. He's got to be thirsty. So she opened up a skin bottle of milk and gave him a drink, after which she again covered him. He told her, Stand at the entrance of the tent, and if anyone comes and asks you, Is there a man here? Say no. But Jael, the wife of Haber, took, took a tent pin and a hammer in her hand. Then, while he was fast asleep, and exhausted, she stealthily approached him and drove the pin through his temples and beat it into the ground, and he died. So evidently, this action fulfilled the prophecy spoken by Deborah, which says it will be into the hand of a woman that Jehovah will give Sisera. And she was hailed as a hero for basically being an assassin. Um, That's Old Testament style. She was a straight-up gangster. Um, and that's what she did, and that's who she is. And she's in the Bible, and we don't talk about her too much. And, in fact, um, you'd want to consider she was a hero, depending on um, how important that prophecy that Deborah spoke needed to be fulfilled, which I'm not um, a scholar enough to speak on. So I would say to the women out there, and that, that they need to hear from me, uh, continue to expand your territory. Uh, stay strong. Your participation is way overdue and much needed. Um, based on the results I've seen in church and in the world um, with men running things, I think more input from women would be a good thing. So... Um, ladies, correct that mistake, teach your girls the right way, and um, expand your territory uh, inside and outside the church. Uh, that's it for now. I want to thank you for your time. So be blessed. Thanks. We'll see you again. And saints and sinners, 
stay out of trouble or be prepared to ask for forgiveness. Well, church folk people, thank you for listening with me and engaging in my conversation to you in regards to the state of the church today. If you'd like to follow us, there are a number of ways you can keep in touch. You can follow us on Instagram at Church Folk Pod, on Twitter at Church Folk Podcast, on Facebook at Church Folk Podcast, and on the web at churchfolkpodcast.com. And on our website, there's a way for you to communicate with me. There's a microphone in the lower right-hand corner. If you click that microphone, you can send me a message. You can make suggestions. And I'll even respond, if appropriate, to any messages you leave me. So I look forward to hearing you uh, from you on one of those channels. And until then, be blessed and stay safe.